0: You're listening to the Collab Talk Podcast, episode 59 of the MVP BuzzChat series. In this episode, I'm talking with dual MVP in office apps and services and business applications, Melissa Hubbard. <laughs> Hey, this is Christian Buckley with another MVP Buzz chat and I'm here with Melissa. Good morning.
1: Good morning, Christian. How's it going?
0: Uh, it's going pretty well and for folks that don't know you that aren't familiar with it, why don't you introduce yourself where you are, who you are, what you do, all those kinds of things.
1: Sure. my name is Melissa Hubbard and I'm coming from you this, coming to you this morning from the Washington DC area in Virginia. Uh, I am a consultant with a company called Witham Digital. And I am an avid blogger and speaker, uh, Microsoft MVP in the business applications and Office apps and services yeah, category. Dual, dual
0: MVP. It's important. Uh, sure. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm still trying to get that second one right when no, I introduce myself. There, Melissa, just say it. it's like I'm an MVP with distinction.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's you know it's it's a it's a mouthy thing there the the yeah. whole ca- category thing. Um, okay, so. I uh, speak on Flow and Microsoft Teams quite often. Those are two of my topics I'm passionate about and I've been using these tools um, pretty much from from the beginning when they were first released and have watched them grow and have helped my customers grow with these tools. Um, Business process automation and really just digital workplace and productivity are topics I like to talk about and I'm passionate about with my customers. I think
0: that sums it up well so here's a, a great question that I, I i hear constantly from the community so i'd like to get your take on it so how do you as an mvp how do you keep up with all of the announcements i mean just teams alone mm. uh, there just seems to be every week that there's more and more coming out being discussed around it so what do you do to kind of keep up on what's happening in the community and from the product
1: I mean I have to say I do my best but I can't always say I'm totally up to date on everything I, you know I don't know who could be on on everything it's it's very difficult um but to stay on top of things as best as I can especially um you know I'm I'm really heavily focused in two products that change rapidly Flow and Teams both are constantly growing and changing I I definitely utilize social media quite a bit and read other amazing community members' blog posts. I um, I watch in Office 365 when something is is released. Um, I communicate with my with them digital team um, very frequently when we're seeing new things with our customers. Um, we have some customers who are in GCC tenants as well, so. Yeah, we, we f- try to follow that as best we can. Um, it, it's really working together and uh, being on Twitter, watching all the announcements from different product team members. It, it's
0: difficult. You know, there's uh, on the GCC too. I mean, so so Melissa just did a a, a webinar with us with the the Utah user group here, uh, and on on Flow, and there were uh, a couple questions that were around. GCC. I mean, your experience working in the public sector. Um, do you see that environment, like, is it keeping up with the changes, the, the pace, or is it still very slow, or has Microsoft even gotten better within that that space in kind of keeping up with the feature set? Uh,
1: it seems like it's definitely still behind. Um, I, I'm hoping that there is... There, I think the hope is that those will start being released at the same time. Um, There'll be more parity in in the future releases, but there's definitely still a lag. And and partly, um, I mean, that's, to me, is expected, knowing that the reason you have GCC tenants is because there's a lot of different security and compliance things that need to be met. And some features just won't be able to be in GCC because they won't meet requirements for the different security and government things, policies.
0: Right. And I stuff. think it's it's probably a, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, think the goal obviously is, is to have as much parity as possible, but um, you know, like with, with any, uh, and there are a number of other, you know, tenants. I mean, the German marketplace is a great example of that where they have certain requirements in region that are different than other countries that can't just sign on with, Office three sixty five, you know, all up, the the global, you know, imprint of that. They they have varying requirements and differences in standards and what they require from those those systems. Jesus mm-hmm. is just like that. It's just like another country, another entity that just has to go through that checklist. So
1: Yeah. I, and with teams, I don't see any major um, major features that to me would make the tool just unusable or not beneficial I mean I I feel like the the main features using channels having conversations storing your files being able to work together in one place replacing a lot of group emails into teams like that those main great things are there you know it's just uh, some of the extras what I in my mind I see as well you know but for some organizations these are definite requirements but in the for the most part, I feel like the government um, can get the main main uh, thrills from teams.
0: Sure, I, I think the, the biggest thing was the the the, the data residency, you know, and, and being able to decide no matter where you are um, to be able to say, hey, look, here it makes sense for us to be operating out of the, you know out of this this environment, but from our data requirements. Um, you know, this organization that's in this country must have their data residency in this location. Um, other teams they may or may not interact with can be over out of these, these locations. That may then, for a, you know, a multi-geo organization that has varying depending on where their teams are located, um, data residency requirements or security requirements could then impact you know, the features that they see. But again, Microsoft has been doing a lot to try to uh, uh, meet those requirements for organizations. Yeah, I agree. Well, so let me ask you. So what, talking about features, and we, we talked about this before we got started, Like, but what are you most excited <laughs> about or greatly anticipating what's happening within the team space? Uh,
1: well, um, one of Christian and I's favorite topics to talk about when we find each other at events and things is... Private channels. I think it was uh, This is private channels for Microsoft Teams. In case you don't know that, but um, I think the last time we talked about it was your collab talk. Uh, there was. I don't jam. know. If that, yeah, we did was, a
0: tweet yeah. jam typically around this. Like, are our private channels? I don't remember the title. Are private channels needed or necessary?
1: Yeah, I was really hyped up for that. And then we had team private channels, team no private channels, hashtags going. Um,
0: which we then started evolving into. I think you started it, was team Edward.
1: Yeah, we did. Right. We went there with our twilight hashtags. So I think
0: which the was, anti-private channel was team Jacob, and it yes. I was team Jacob
1: first. Yeah, you were. We we were opposed, we were opposing each other on this one. And so, so it just so happens that uh, right before I'm, I'm meeting with Christian to do this interview, um, it's been announced that, well, it's, it keeps being announced that they're coming, that private channels are coming. I think it's been announced several times that they're coming, but we were, we were able to see a date of September. Uh, they were going to begin rolling out uh, private channels. So a lot of excitement there, um, and that would be pre-Ignite, too. So yeah.
0: I, I think they maybe want to uh, you know, get some of that initial feedback before going into those sessions so they can fine-tune their messaging and and sessions information. But let me just say, so, of course, being an MVP, you have deep insight into the architecture of that product of <laughs> <and> that feature. <laughs> no, uh,
1: I, I can't say that I do. Um, I wish I did. Uh, I, I've tried hard to get it um but it seems it seems that we will all uh we will all be surprised and we will all see it uh at the same time and that'll be exciting um one one thing i would hope is that it could be turned off at the tenant level I think there's going to be some organizations who just don't need it and therefore just shouldn't open that can of worms.
0: Well, maybe we start with, uh, if, if Melissa, why don't you d- describe kind of w- what it is, what capable, the idea of the private channels and, and why they're needed. And then they, I can then speak out against it.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, sure. That sounds like a great idea. Um, so uh, in Microsoft Teams, you have your your Teams. So from a, an I I perspective, you are setting your access at your team level for now, and every team you get, you get your SharePoint site collection, and um, from there, you create channels underneath to organize your content and keep your conversation separated, keep your files, they're really all in the same document library, but kind of separating them out in, in channels that are Folders and a folder, that's right folders Yes. Um, they're in folders but you don't see the folder it doesn't right. feel like a folder and and I know we're all also waiting for more parity with the, the SharePoint um SharePoint list and library features to come to that that files tab too where we can we can start adding more and more organization things for our documents and, and our list sure. but but anyway. Um, the, one of the I think it was definitely the most requested feature for Microsoft teams was to be able to um, make some of your channels private meaning you add a channel in a team but you only want certain team members to be able to see the content. So basically adding a, a more complex permission structure um, and, and and then having to manage, these are open channels in my team, these are um, private channels, kind of when we think about SharePoint permissions management, breaking your inheritance in a SharePoint site, and then um, setting, your, setting your permissions at lower levels.
0: Well, and, and one uh, great uh, way to, to kind of define like the problem area is if you have external users inside a, a team, so right now, It's the permissions, as you mentioned, are at that team level so that Mm -hmm. if I want to invite, if I've got 10 channels um, within a a team uh, and I want to invite external people in just to collaborate around one of the channels that is relevant to this partner, they actually will, once I let them in, can see all of the channels, all of those discussions. Um, Obviously, you can still control who has permissions uh within uh like sharepoint team sites that are added in you know after the fact but they by default have access to anything within the team that they have you know that have access into uh and so the idea of that private channel is like well i can now i can go in there and make all of the teams private except for uh you know the general channel and that's the only one that I want these external users to come in and be able to have, you know, participate in the conversation and, and have access to. So they can get to all those assets. They're part of that team. Um, and so they can be part of the, the, the reporting and visibility to whatever they're given control of. But then they don't have access to those, let's say, the financial information around the project, which is in, you know, managed by one channel. But likewise, I don't want everybody in my organization to see the financial information. Just myself, the leadership team, the accounting, finance team. And so you can have that end level permissions management over your teams. So that's the argument in favor of.
1: Right, because yes, you could create another team to do this, but that – and then invite the people that you want there to see that content. But the thing I, the the real value that I see in Teams, one of the the main things I see that provides so much value is that it keeps everything in context. So if you have your one project that, you know, you have your team and then you've got your, your whatever, training documents, and you've got your uh, project management schedules and documentation, and then you've got your financials, do you really want that separated into a totally different team and SharePoint site collection just so that you can keep people out of it? I mean, there is a, there is a huge use case, but then also thinking about, um, it's gonna become, um, it, it has to become more complex to manage teams like this. I mean, the I do a session, I'm doing it in, in SharePoint Fest Seattle, um, and it's called uh, being a super team owner. And it really focuses on being a, a team owner and how um, you really need to know the different settings you have access to and um, helping drive user adoption, ways you can um, really help with that. And I'm thinking about team owners. Um, that's going to be a big responsibility for them. If that if that's how it turns out, that team owners are, I, w- I would imagine, responsible for Um, Creating private channels and managing the the permissions of those um, since they're the ones who manage access now and also to think about the fact that um, by default everyone can create a team and then Can create a bunch of private channels.
0: So that's why it'll be obviously the the proof is in pudding We'll have to see what that that architecture of the solution what it actually what's actually You know deployed Um, Yeah how it works, how it functions, how much they've thought about and are, are managing, like the, the provisioning process, the permissions process. Um, you know, there's a lot of the other back end admin reporting capability, like you know, what happens to visibility. If I'm So, in theory, I can be the team creator. Do I have control over who creates a private channel? I may give people access. Uh, you know, to other other owners within that, but then can I be locked out of the team that I created or do I still have access and visibility to that? So that's, yeah. there's some issues there. Well, so here, my, part of my argument is, is that, you know, today, let's go back to my scenario mm-hmm. where i have created a team, you've invited external folks into that. Part of my argument is that, well, you have the ability, if you really need to have a separate location to go and manage uh, you know, internal only those the private content um, is to go and create a standalone SharePoint team site or subsite site up that whatever you want to define that over in SharePoint, only invite the accounting team the finance the the leadership team into that and then make that add that team site as a folder within files, um, add it as a tab within that that team's workspace there, you then have that private. Now, I understand that the argument is like, well, but you don't have the conversation thread, the other aspects that are a team. So, if you guys want to get in there, got a
1: workaround.
0: right? There, there's there are other workarounds. There are also private groups within Yammer that can be added as a tab, and that you could have a you know a Yammer group created for that that rare conversation around those that those private activities. So, my argument being a team, Jacob hashtag Team Jacob person, (laughs) was that you have some methods today to go and share that. Of course, you also have um, OneDrive. And so depending on what it is, if it's not a ton of assets, it's just a few different assets, where you can again create a a private invite only, you as the team owner, and have that, that location, then share that out. Somebody, and you can share that as a tab, and only those people who have access, they click on the tab, if you don't have the right permissions, you don't see any of that data. So what, what's wrong with that idea of what we can do today out of the box?
1: I don't know, I, again, it's just, it takes things out of context, and it I, I feel like it complicates things for the end users, Whereas, probably having private channels is going to complicate things for more of like your, Admin. IT manager uh, yeah but I feel like that complicates it more for end users and I'd rather the end users have things less complicated
0: I, I, I agree and which is why I've come over to the side of team Edward since that tweet jam oh my goodness I was, I was never fully over like I again <laughs> I understand it I think even back then as like when they first started talking about this I mean my apprehension was always in, how are you going to architect this and deploy it? And then will there be the, the proper support mechanisms? It's kind of, look, here's a great way I, I like to compare. So you know, you know when they go and you're working in a city in a region that's growing rapidly and they're building houses and houses and neighborhoods and just, you know, jumping up. And it's amazing that they don't go and build the infrastructure, the roads in and out until after the houses are built and the traffic is already a hot mess and it's even worse that it's slower to build out the roads connecting these new communities um, because of all the increased traffic that they should have had the you know the forethought to go and put those pieces in place beforehand it's rare that that happens well the part of the reality uh, and i i do have a, a point for sharing the longer story but part of the reality is that Yeah, but they can't afford to do all that infrastructure until they sell the houses and get the people in there uh, to pay for the infrastructure built. So there's it's kind of a trade off uh, of of those things. But um, in some ways, like we we have to see the capability and it might be messier. It might be more painful on the admin, on the development side, the permissions management side early on. Uh, but Microsoft will yeah. catch up with the infrastructure with the connections to go and enable those things. We know that 's going to happen I, it just you know how painful is it going to be on the back end that 's going to be the question
1: that 's a great analogy and at the end of the day i I just hope everyone can keep using teams and getting their work done, and that um, for end users, this change will be um, pretty seamless um, you know. It's all we can hope for. is get our work done efficiently, quickly. Not have to pull our hair out wondering which tool we should use and how and which team. And you know, hey, do you how how much uh, do you um, anticipate people needing to basically reorganize or re architect their teams? Um, I, that's what I'm wondering. Is going to yes. be the impact of that. Because, you know, there is no way right now that I know of, maybe there's some third-party tools that I haven't heard of yet that can move the, can easily migrate channels or, you know, I didn't think Not so. that I'm aware of.
0: That, that's a great point, and I, I, I think you're right. I think that because if in today's uh, uh, architecture, if I'm having to, if I've got a team for internal only and a duplicate or a sister team for external users, and there's not really been a way to sync those two. Well, now with private channels, I can have it all in one place. Hmm. How do I go and retire? I have to move those assets. I mean, you can migrate the content that was created. The you files, you mean? Uh, correct, the files yeah. themselves. And you can move that over um, into those other SharePoint environments. So there, there, there is usage of existing migration tools on the SharePoint side likewise you can go in and archive those conversations the assets that are on the exchange workload Mm. and move those over into SharePoint but what you can't do is take a live discussion thread a conversation archive it move it over and then start it again that doesn't exist yeah so it'll be it'll we'll see what the impact will be um I, I think it'll be minimally impacting um Users, I think, for all the things that we've talked about, uh, people will see the benefit of having them and just migrate the content over, restart the conversations.
1: Right, and if you archive your channel, I mean, I I believe you'll be able to still search through that and still find your stuff, so it won't be gone.
0: No, nothing will be gone. It'll just, uh, like I said, you 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 just you can't take, you know, in in you can't move the state of a conversation over and then start it up again. That doesn't exist. Not that I'm aware of. Somebody, feel free to correct me if there's a third party tool that does it, but I've just, I've not right. seen So, but I, I, I agree with you. I, I think that it's it's just going to be a big plus for end users and the rest we'll just have to see and just cross our fingers and it's a good experience for the admins.
1: Well, that's what uh, people like us are here for—to right. to help feel the pain and provide guidance as well as we can, and um, it's fun.
0: It is. It is fun. <laughs> well, Melissa, hey, really appreciate your time today. And people want to find out more about you. Get in touch with you. How? What's the best way to reach you?
1: Um, you know, I'm pretty active in social media. Um, I use Twitter. Um, I'm at Millie Hub. Um, My email is mhubbard at with them.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm not very difficult to find. Um, I also have a blog. It needs it needs some new articles. Uh, <laughs> and, I, you know, maybe one on private channels. I'll write a new one on private channels, maybe. Yeah, um, we'll at- that
0: information and we'll link to that, you know, for sure. If you can find that info that you were talking about, what's you know any more you know on uh the the release date and uh what what they've been saying about it so far that'd be great
1: yeah um so that's melihub.com and speaking at a ton of ton of conferences coming up but i just want to give a shout out to one special one since we've been talking about microsoft teams um we're having our first like official Microsoft Teams East Coast conference, the Modern Teamwork and Collaboration Conference, on October fourth, organized by my friends uh, Matthew Bailey and Nikia Carter. So I'll be speaking at that one, and it's cool because it's you know the first one Focus
0: on Teams. Yeah, I, I wish I could be come out there, you know, but it's uh, that you know, good uh-huh. luck on that.
1: Thank you, and thank you for having me, Christian. Oh.